Let's turn to 1 Samuel uh, chapter 16 here this morning. I want to talk to you about identifying, and uh, I'm certain in life you've been involved with identifying uh, maybe different rocks when you were a kid, or maybe different birds or trees, or something along that lines. And again, sometimes when you're trying to identify something, it's hard for you uh, to be able to maybe uh, tell the difference between some rock or whatever it might be. And uh, I understand with identifying, we normally look at the outward appearance, what appears like. Uh, if the rocks look like this, it's this kind of rock. If the bark on the tree looks like this, if the leaves on the tree look like this, it's uh, easy, most uh, likely to identify. Uh, the Audubon Society, National Audubon Society, I don't know if you're familiar with this, has, uh, again, identifications of trees, rocks, birds, insects, all kinds of different things. And again, you can identify things by looking at them visually. But I'd like to look at First Samuel chapter 16 and begin with just one verse here to begin with here this morning. And it helps us to understand how man identifies and how God identifies. And again, we're going to be looking at some thoughts on the identification of false prophets or teachers today. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse number 7, it says, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his, out, on his countenance or the height of his stature, because I have refused him. The Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. We are prone to look at the outward appearance. And we are ones that identify things, most things, by outward appearance. But the Bible says here of God, he looketh on the heart. God looks on the inside and the outside. Man normally looks just at, I believe, the outside. And again, as we consider here a thought again on identification here today, I understand that most preachers or teachers wouldn't want to identify uh, what a false prophet or false teacher uh, is or what he would look like. But uh, as we do here this, this morning, I want you to just truly consider the scriptures here as we consider some thoughts on help for identifying a false prophet or teacher. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 7. We're going to use the Bible here today, not use it or abuse it, but use it as a, again, a tool to help us to identify Helping us identify a false teacher or preacher is very difficult. It's not easy. And you'll understand what I'm talking about here in just a moment. One of the biggest problems with identifying something that, again, we can't uh, tell maybe by the outside is to consider some of the inward things or some distinct features, again, of a thing. And so we're going to begin here in Matthew chapter 7 and verse number 15. And we're reading to the end of the chapter and we're going to consider some thoughts on how to identify a false teacher or prophet. Uh, verse number 15, it says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit. But a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that is good, uh, that bringeth forth uh, not good fruit, is hewn down or cut down 
and cast in the fire, wherefore by their fruits you shall know them. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter in the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? Then I will profess unto them, I never do them. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Therefore, whatsoever ye heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell not, for it was found upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine, and doeth them not, she will liken unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew, and beat upon the house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. And it came to pass, when Jesus ended these sayings, that people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them as one having authority, and not as the scribes. I want to consider here how to identify a false teacher or prophet. Let's pray as we consider this thought. Father, thank you again for today. Thank you again for this time we can be uh, gathered together again as we consider the word of God and the truths of God help us again to be able to identify again a false teacher or false prophet again bless this time as we meet again we pray this in Jesus name amen again identification here as Jesus says is going to be hard when it comes to a false teacher or false prophet can you say, why is that? Well, first of all, verse number 15, it says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You know, a false teacher or false prophet outwardly is not going to appear as one. They're not going to appear as one. You can walk up to them and shake their hand and talk to them about the Lord Jesus, and you know what? They may well talk to you about the Lord Jesus. And you might say, well, that's odd. He's a false prophet. The person's a false teacher. Why would they talk to you about the Lord Jesus? Well, our text tells us, again here, that uh, they will appear as sheep. Appear as sheep. Again, if you're identifying rocks, if a rock looks a certain way, you say this is this kind of rock. If you look at a tree and you look at a tree and you look at the leaves and you see the bark on the tree, you can identify it because you can see from the outward appearance that it is what it is. But when it comes to a false prophet and a false teacher, they're not going to appear as a wolf. Not at all. I mean, you think, okay, I, I can, as soon as I step into church, I can identify the pastor, if he's a good or a bad one, by what he looks like, or she looks like, or whatever they look like. You're never going to be able to identify someone by what they look like, because the prophet, the preacher, will appear like a sheep. They might dress like a sheep. They may wear a suit. They may wear a tie. They may wear some religious garb. They may wear something that, you know, it just, they seem to be someone that would be identifying themselves with God, with the Bible, with truth, whatever it might be. And so, why does Jesus tell us this? He tells us this because the false prophet is dangerous. The Bible uses the word, and this is a key word here in this passage, verse number 15, beware. Beware. The word beware means to guard against, to restrain oneself from. Beware of the false prophet. 
But if you're going to be aware of the false prophet and you look and you see and you can't identify him or her by what they look like, it's going to be hard to be aware of someone like that, right? You know, I could look at, a, come by a house and I could be a salesman or I could be a preacher or whoever it might be, a witness for God, and I come by a house and I look into the yard and there's a fenced yard and, and on the yard there's a sign that says, beware of dog. Well, that's easy to identify. There's a sign that tells you that. There's a sign that gives everything away there. They, even the owner says, beware of the dog, because the dog maybe is, you know, mean, scary, could hurt you. The Bible says, beware of false prophets that come to you in sheep's woven, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. I mean, if you look at the outside, sheep, reality, wolf. That's, that's bad, isn't it? What if I was coming up to a house, and, and I've seen this before. I've come up to a house that's been fenced off, and someone's had some animals in the yard. Maybe they've had some, you know, it's in a country place, and, and I see a sheep out there. And the first thing I say, sheep's a sheep, looks like a sheep, it's a sheep. It's got to be a sheep. What if it was a wolf? The Bible says there in 1 Samuel, man looketh on the outward appearance. You wonder today why so many, sadly, are following, following someone who's teaching a false gospel, another Jesus, teaching about another spirit, and all kinds of different things, and nobody can identify them. Somebody says, I just don't understand why people can't identify them. They all look the same, or they look similar. And so Jesus says, beware, and I want to just look at that, where, that word here a little bit, because Jesus uses that word in several passages of scriptures, and he, he says, beware of sheep, which are wolves. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 10, just forward here a little bit. This word is also used in Matthew chapter 10, and uh, verse number 17. Jesus also uses the word beware here, and in other places in the Bible, but he says, first of all, beware of false prophets. Secondly, he says here, beware of men. In verse 17, he says, But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to consuls, and they will scourge you in their synagogues. And ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for a testimony against them and the Gentiles. Beware of men that scourge you in synagogues. Well, isn't the synagogue supposed to be the place of worship, a synagogue connected with God, a synagogue, again, a place that's right on spiritually? Jesus says, but beware of men that deliver you up to consuls and scourge you in synagogues. You shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake, for testimony against them and the Gentiles. Look at verse number 22, same chapter, skipping through a few verses here. It says, and you shall be hated of all men for my sake, and he that endureth to the end shall be saved. Beware of men. What kind of men? Men that would bring you before and scourge you, uh, men that would bring you before governors and rulers. And so the Bible teaches us to beware of men, not just any kind of men, but certain kinds of men. Again, it mentions beware of false prophets. Again, as you go forward here in the Bible, let's uh, turn, if we could, to Mark chapter 18, Mark chapter, no, uh, sorry, Mark chapter 8. Again, we think about what we should be careful about. 
Uh, maybe to consider, to avoid, to be cautious around, beware of false prophets, beware of men, beware of, here in, in uh, Mark chapter 8 here, Mark chapter 8, verse number 15 and verse number 17. We also, I believe, in some ways need to beware of, of not only men, but religious men and governmental men. Jesus warns against this, Mark chapter 8, verse number 15, the Bible says, and he charged them, saying, Take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. Beware of religious men, Pharisees. The Pharisees were the closest, at least at that time, I would say, to the Bible faith in many ways. They taught the Bible, they believed in the Bible, they prayed, they did all these kind of things, and then yet Jesus says here, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. And he says, beware of the leaven of Herod. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 16, beware of these things. Why should we beware? Because these things may be dangerous, these things might hurt us, these things could harm us. Matthew chapter 16 here in uh, verse number 6, the Bible says, And Jesus said unto them, Take heed and beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and of the Sadducees. The Pharisees being probably the strictest sect, and the Sadducees a liberal sect of religion. And he says, Beware of these. Why beware of these? Well, look at verse 12. It says, well, we could read 11 too. I mean, it says, And how is it that you do not understand that I spake not of the concerning bread, but I, I said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Then understood they how that he bade them to beware of the leaven, not of the leaven of bread, but of the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. And so the Bible points out that we need to be careful concerning the doctrine of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Now, Jesus said that. At that time. Do you understand that? I mean, he said this to the Jews. He said, beware of basically the most religious sect, the sect of the Pharisees that added to the scriptures, and the Sadducees that took away from the scriptures. One didn't believe in a resurrection. Definitely one believed in the resurrection. One believed in trying to follow the law of God, the law of Moses, the Pharisees. And they were, and Jesus yet said, to, beware of these. Jesus couples here in Mark chapter 8, verse 15, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And so we need to be careful around people. Let's turn to Luke chapter 12, but I want to also mention we need to be careful concerning ourselves. Luke chapter 12, verse number 15, someone says, well, I can identify, I, I can trust in my heart, I, I know what I should do. There's another beware here in the Bible that Jesus points out here in Luke chapter 12, verse 15. He says, and he said unto him, take heed and beware of covetousness. For man's life consists not of the abundance of the things he possesses. Beware of covetousness. If you know the passage that follows that, he talks about a guy who was building barns and building greater. And thought he'd just continue on life and everything would continue and he would one day, you know, retire and have all these things to enjoy someday. And he found out, sadly, that his life would end. He was not one who put his life towards the things of God, but was rich in the things of this world, but was not rich towards God. 
Verse 21, it says, As so is he that layeth up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. So there's a beware that we be careful concerning covetousness, desiring to have things that others might have or things that we could maybe obtain. Instead of being content, the Bible says beware of covetousness because a man could be in a position where all they think in life, it's about gaining and getting and getting and, and having. Beware of men. Beware of covetousness. Turn back to our text there. But I want to help you identify the false teacher, the false prophet. Why should we help someone in this identification process? Why would Jesus speak of needing to help identify in this process? Well, back in our text, there's to beware of false prophets that come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but every corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth evil fruit. Every tree that bringeth forth, uh, bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast in the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. So you can't identify them by what they might look like, but the Bible does say you can identify them by their fruits. But let me say this, why beware? Why should we beware? Well, let's turn to Ezekiel chapter 22, because first of all, false prophets can destroy you, and they can destroy me. Ezekiel chapter 22, and verse number 25 Ezekiel 22, verse 25, Ezekiel identifies the false teachers of his day. And he says this about them, Ezekiel chapter 22, and uh, verse number 25, it says, There is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof, like a roaring lion ravening the prey. They devoured souls. They have taken the treasure, and the precious things. They have made her many widows in the midst of, verse 26, her priests have violated my law and profaned my holy things. They have put no difference between the holy and the profane, neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the clean, and have hid their eyes from my Sabbaths, and I am profaned among them. Her princes in the midst thereof are like wolves, ravening the prey to shed blood, to destroy souls, to get dishonest gain. Here's help for identifying. There's help there. There's help right here in the book of Ezekiel. The Bible describes and Jesus describes again the false prophets of that day being ravening wolves. And here it helps us identify what these wolves can do. The Bible says there that they can do several things. In verse number 27, they shed blood, they destroy souls, they get dishonest gain. And they also, as you see there in verse number 26, they don't put any difference between the holy and the profane. No difference between, you know, really what's right and what's not right. Again, you see here in the Bible, why should we avoid them? Because they can destroy, they can destroy souls. In verse 25, it says there, they have devoured souls. 
Verse 27, it says they destroy souls. They devour souls, they destroy souls. People maybe that would get saved by grace and be a part of the kingdom of God are destroyed through false preachers and false prophets. That's why Jesus says beware. Just like, you know, someone again who has maybe a dog that would be someone that could hurt someone would say, hey, you know what, here's a sign here. I'm going to tell you this dog could hurt you. Why beware? Let me say this. Secondly, all of all, because false prophets are corrupt. Turn back to our text there. The Bible says this of them. Matthew chapter 7 and, and verse number uh, 15, it says, Beware of false prophets which come to you in, rave, uh, uh, in sheep's clothing. Inwardly they are ravening wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. You can know them by their corruption when it comes to fruit. The false prophet will not produce good fruit. The false prophet will produce bad fruit. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. There's many different verses in the Bible. There are many passages in the Bible that help identify the false teacher, the false prophet, but you're not going to be able to look on the outside and say, you know what, this is a good one. This is a bad one. Uh, this, this one here, I can tell this person here is of God. This one's of God. I can tell by their appearance. I can tell all by the smile. I mean, just think about this guy. I mean, Joel Osteen, he has the biggest, wonderful smile in the whole world. Probably, right? Do you know who he is? Some people won't want you to identify him, but I'm just telling you right now, he's a false teacher, false prophet. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt. Someone says, well, that's naming names. That's wrong. Well, Jesus identified the false teachings of the Sadducees and the Pharisees, did he not? He did. I know people don't want to be identified, but why wouldn't you want someone to identify who's a wolf? If you follow Joe Olstein's religion, you're not going to end up in heaven. You're going to end up in hell. I know that's hard, maybe that's too harsh, but that's the reality. He doesn't believe in the Bible Jesus. He has recreated a religion. He has taken the word of God and some of the things of the word of God and the word of men and blended them together. And people say, well, <laughs> he's such a good person. How do you know? He might look like a sheep. But inwardly, he's a wolf. Again, as I go on, maybe you'll see what I'm talking about here. A corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse number 17, it says, For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God, in the sight of God speak we in Christ. Don't corrupt the word of God. There's certainly people that corrupt the word of God. Get bad fruit can be seen by the corrupt fruit that's produced by it. We'll look at that a little bit later. But corrupt, they are corrupt, and they bring forth evil fruit. Again, as we turn back to our text there, again, someone says, well, why identify who a false teacher or a false prophet is? Well, if they destroy souls, I think it's very important. If they devour souls, I think it's very important Again, it wouldn't be good for a preacher to just say, well, just find a, a, a pastor, a preacher, a minister, or 
a rabbi or whatever it might be of your choice, whatever fits for you, etc., whatever you think might be best for you, it wouldn't be good because Jesus didn't do that. He didn't just say, hey, stick with the Pharisees, stick with the Sadducees or stick with me. He didn't say that. He said, beware. That's important. Why beware? Because they appear as sheep. Look at verse number 20 of this chapter. Skipping down to verse 20, it says, verse 20, it says, you should know them by their fruits. And then it says this, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter in the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? And have we not cast out devils? And in thy name did many wonderful works. Then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you that work iniquity. You know, it's really sad, actually, in this passage of Scripture that the false teachers can't even identify who they are to some degree. You see, what I mean by that, I mean, it says in verse 22, many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thee? And in thy name cast out devil. And in thy name did many wonderful works. These were misled to think they are good as far as God is concerned. As you consider again the false teacher, the false prophet, there are things mentioned here in verse number 20 through 20 through 23 that if you just looked at them, you might say that would identify them with the word of God and the truths of God. Look at there in verse number 22. It says, it prophesied in thy name. This isn't people talking about Allah. It's talking about Jesus. They preached in his name. They prophesied in his name. They foretelled and they foretelled. They've talked about Jesus. They've talked about the Lord Jesus. They've talked about the Lord Jesus Christ. They've talked about the things of the Lord. They may even talk about the good Lord. They might pray to the Lord. It says there they prophesied in thy name. And so you say, if someone identifies with the words of God, certainly they must be saved by grace. No, it doesn't say that here. Look at, as we go on there, it says, they also may identify themselves with the wonders of God and cast, and in thy name cast out devils. The wonders of God. We know that the disciples of the Lord cast out devils. We know Jesus cast out devils. And here it says in this passage of Scripture that many, in verse number 22, have cast out devils. It goes on and says, not only with the wonders of God, but the works of God. It says there, and in thy name done many wonderful works. You have notes, I mean, uh, a pen here, and you want to write this down. Acts chapter 19, verse number 13 through 16. The wonders of God, the works of God. The word of God, they may, again, identify themselves in these areas. But you also notice here in verse number 20, it says here, uh, sorry, verse number 21, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter in the kingdom of God, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. And so there's an identifying thing here, not just talking about it, not just showing things forth, not... Again, just doing things along the works of God. But here it says, doing the will of God. Verse 24 says, Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I liken him to a wise man that built himself a house on the rock. 
And so we see here in the Bible, because a false prophet might appear as a lamb, they might be hard to identify. In fact, if you turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 11, they might do things along the works of God. They may use the words of God. They may seemingly perform the wonders of God. And you might say, this, this person, this, uh, this minister, this pastor, whatever it might be called, whatever, is certainly of God. But that's the hard part. That's the bad part. That's the thing that, again, makes things confusing for folks. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 13 through verse number 15 the Bible says here, 2 Corinthians 11, verse 13, it says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself has transformed into an angel light. Therefore is no great thing, for if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, who end shall be according to their works. And so you look and you say, I appears like a lamb, must be a lamb. They're preaching about the word of God, they're doing the works of God, they're involved with the wonders of God and all these kind of things, and certainly this person must be of God. How can we identify? Let's turn to 1 John chapter 4. By your fruits you shall know them. It says there in Matthew chapter 7, verse 16, 1 John chapter 4, verse number one, what must, you, what must we do? What must a person do? What must you do personally? What do, 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 do people need to do corporately? Well, notice here what the Bible says here in 1 John chapter 4 to do. It says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, which, uh, whether they be God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby ye know, uh, sorry, know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ is come of the flesh is of God. And every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is come of the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist. Wherefore ye have heard, it shall come, and even is now already in the world. Skip to verse 6. We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us, and he that knoweth not God heareth us not. Hereby know ye the Spirit of truth. And the spirit of error. Now I want to just help you now. I want to kind of hopefully pull the wool off. I want to uncover the wool. Help you identify who he might be. The Bible says try what? The spirits. So the test is not physical. You don't look at the outward appearance. The physical features could certainly turn you in the wrong direction. And so let's look at what false prophets do. Who they are. Let's turn to Titus chapter 1. As again, as we look at what a false prophet does and who they are, I want you to first of all know that they are spiritual blenders. Now again, maybe that's a new term to you, and maybe it's a new term to just about anybody that hear, hears that word, but they are spiritual blenders. By that, they take the truth, and they blend it with air. Have you ever seen anybody take something, maybe, and they've stirred it up, and maybe you can't identify it anymore, and you know, someone could take some, some you know, grape juice or whatever and put something in there, and you can't tell there's something in there. Maybe something that could hurt you. 
But Titus chapter 1, verse number 13 and verse number 14 help us identify the false teacher. You say, how would I identify a false teacher or false prophet? Titus chapter 1, verse 13 and verse 14 help us identify. It says, this witness is true, wherefore rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables or the commandments of men that turn from the truth. And so they're spiritual blenders. What do, what do they do? They blend the commandments of God with the commandments of men. It's really not that hard to identify. I mean, you, you look at them, and, and they might appear to be sheep, but they take the commandments of God and the commandments of men, and they mix them. The Sadducees did that. The Pharisees did that. And anyone today will do that. They blend them. In fact, let's turn to Matthew chapter 15. You know, Jesus didn't leave us without information concerning who a false teacher or a false prophet might be. He didn't, again, shy away from the idea that the commandments of God are one thing, the commandments of men are a different thing. But you see here in Matthew chapter 15, verse number 1 through verse number 9, that he identified what the Jews were doing, at least the Jews, as far as the Sadducees and Pharisees, is being wrong, being erroneous, not being right. And so let's consider just a few verses on this from Jesus. Matthew chapter 15, verse 1. It says, Then came, the, uh, G- came to Jesus scribes and Pharisees, which were of Jerusalem, saying, Why do the disciples transgress the tradition of the elders? For they wash not their hands when they eat, and he answered and said unto you, Why do ye also transgress the commandments of God by your tradition? For God commanded, say, Honor thy father and thy mother, and he that curses father and mother, let him die the death. But ye say, Whosoever shall say to his father or mother, It is a gift by whatsoever thou mightest be profited by, and honoreth not his father and mother, that he is free. Thus have you made the commandment of God of none effect by your tradition. Ye hypocrites, what does Isaiah prophesy you saying? This people draweth nigh unto me with their mouth and honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. Identification is important. You know, certain snakes aren't poisonous, right? Certain frogs aren't poisonous. But largely, even in nature, you can identify. I mean, if you see a frog and it's red, is that a, a frog you might want to pick up, take home? No? Just I going, no, not those ones. There's poisonous frogs. They're red. There's poisonous snake. You, you hear a little rattling of the tail going on, you say, oh, it's just a different kind of gardener snake. I'm just grab that one, pick it up. No? That's dangerous. Someone says, well, what's, what's wrong with blending tradition and truth? You destroy the truth. You destroy it. Turn to Mark chapter 7. You know, a preacher might teach the truth concerning marriage. They might teach the truth concerning abortion. They might teach the truth concerning a number of different things. But along comes salvation, they'll say things like, 
You know, you, you must be baptized be, to be saved. Now, where did that come from? Did that come from the Word of God or did that come from men? You must be baptized to be saved. No, the Bible says you must believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Mark chapter 7 here, I'd like to again look at another passage that Jesus again gives us here in Mark chapter 7 concerning this thing of blending. Again, spiritual blending. Someone says, well, my pastor blends the truth and he blends it with the word of God. He takes what's common today and what works for us today and he blends it with, you know, what the Bible says. But then if the Bible says something that he or she doesn't like, they, they just get rid of that. Beware, that's a spiritual blender. Mark chapter 7, verse number 5, it says, Then the Pharisees and, the, and scribes asked, And why walk ye not thy disciples according to the tradition of the elders? For they eat bread with unwashing hands. And he said unto them, Well, as Isaiah uh, uh, prophesied of ye hypocrites, as it is written, The people honoreth me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. <coughs> Howbeit in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men, and laying aside the commandments of God, ye hold to the tradition of men, the washing of pots and cups and many other things such ye do. And he said, You full well reject the commandment of God that you may keep your own tradition. Verse 13, making the word of God a none effect through your tradition. So these spiritual blenders, they can be identified. They they teach. For doctrine, the commandments of men, they teach for doctrine, the commandments of God. So you say, I, I, I can't identify this person. They're using the word of God. They're prophesying. They're preaching the word of God. Well, let me say that first of all, they're spiritual blenders. Secondly, let me say this, and this is easy to identify. You can see this. Usually it doesn't take long to identify this. They're spiritual ridiculers. They ridicule what the Bible says. Turn to Proverbs chapter 19. They don't like what God says. And so maybe they avoid it. They maybe tone it in a different direction. They might twist it, maybe for the appeal of people today. They might use the word love and they, again, use that in, in, in wrong context or whatever it might be. But they, they ridicule the Lord. They ridicule what God says. They ridicule especially the judgment of God. Proverbs chapter 19, verse number 28, An ungodly witness scorneth judgment, and the mouth of the wicked devoureth iniquity. The Bible says they scorn judgment. False prophets will scorn the judgment of God. They won't believe in the judgment of God. They may change the judgments of God. I think of the Jehovah's Witnesses and others. Again, they change the judgment of God. Well, hell's just this. And then here's the Bible. Hell says this. Hell is this. And they'll say, oh, well, hell's just thoughts of being separated from God. Well, hell's just being separated from God. That's all it is. And though, though the, the judgment of God, God would never judge people in general. God loves us. And so they, they, they ridicule the judgment of God. Let's turn to Isaiah chapter 30. They don't like that God's judgment will come upon all the wicked. They don't like the, the fact that just unbelieving will send a person to hell. They, they, they play down, again, things that God would have us to teach truly and 
and, and holy before his name and people. They scorn God's judgment. Isaiah chapter 30 and uh, verse number 9 through verse number 11. Again, Isaiah also helps us identify the false teacher, the false preacher. Isaiah chapter 30, verse number 9. Uh, through verse number 11, it says, This is a rebellious people, lying children, children that will not hear the law of God, which say to the seers, see not, to the prophets, prophesy not, unto us right things, speak unto us smooth things, prophesy deceits, get ye out of the way, turn aside from the path, cause the Holy One of Israel to cease before us. They really don't want to hear about God. They want smooth things from God. It's sad, but we find, again, so many today maybe following after false teachers online through different methods, whatever. Again, they're smooth talkers. And again, easy to identify to some degree. Let's turn to 2 Peter chapter 2. Again, if you have time sometime, I'd encourage you to go through 2 Peter chapter 2. I believe it's the, again, most extensive chapter that deals with this thing of false teachers, false prophets, and helping identify who they are. Uh, again, you say, again, here, what does a false teacher do? How can you identify them? Uh, they ridicule the truth. They speak against the truth. They speak of, uh, against the truth. They swerve from the truth. They sidestep the truth. Second Peter chapter 2, verse number 1, it says, but there were false prophets among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you, who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that bought them, and bringing, swift, bringing them swift destruction. And many shall follow their pernicious ways, by reason of whom the way of truth shall be evil spoken of. The Bible being spoken of in bad ways by the false prophet? Yes. The way of truth being evil spoken of. It goes on and helps identify. And they through covetousness shall with feigned words make merchandise of you, whose judgment now is a long time lingereth now, and their damnation slummeth. Someone says, how can I identify them now? Well, you look back at this verse, and I'm not going to look at all this, but it says there, this is what they were then, and this is what they will be. They'll speak evil of the truth. They'll be involved with covetousness. They'll feign words to merchandise you. In other words, they'll look to try to fleece the flock. And it goes on. It says, For God spare not the angels of sin, but cast them down in hell and deliver them the chains of darkness to be reserved on a judgment. And spare not the old world, that, uh, but, but save Noah, that eighth preacher, eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing the flood upon the world of the godly, Turned the cities of Sodom, Gomorrah, and ashes, condemned them with an overthrow, making them an example unto them that afterwards should live ungodly and deliver just lot. And it goes on from there. I want to skip to verse number 14. They have eyes full of adultery. They cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, and heart that exercises covetous practice, cursed children. They have forsaken the right way and gotten the way gone astray, following the way of Balaam, the, the son of Bashar, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. They're in for the money. It's sad, but there's many among us. As there was many then. But they ridicule the truth. They blend the truth with 
men's tradition with the commandments of men. And let me say finally, they're very spiritually sloppy. Turn to Isaiah chapter 56. They're very spiritually sloppy. What does that mean? Uh, they're really sloppy with the truth. Again, Jesus identified them as hypocrites. He identified them as wolves in sheep's clothing. Isaiah chapter 56 here, verse number 10 through verse number 12. Again, we find here in the Old Testament, Isaiah will help us identify the false teacher, the false prophet. Isaiah 56, verse number 10 through 12, it says, His watchmen are blind, they are ignorant, they are dumb dogs, they cannot bark, sleeping, lying down, loving to slumber. Yea, they are greedy dogs, which never have enough. They are shepherds that cannot understand. They all look to their own way, everyone to his own gain from his quarter. Come ye, say they, and I will fetch wine, and we will fill ourselves with strong drink, and tomorrow we shall be as a day, and yet more abundant. They're worldly. They're just plainly worldly. The Bible describes them, verse number 10, as being lazy. The Bible describes them, verse number 11, as being greedy. They're in it for themselves. Uh, let's turn to Jeremiah chapter 23. Again, this helps identify. I'm not saying, again, these are all the ways to identify, but these three things can help you identify this. Spiritually blend the truth with the commandments of God and the commandments of men. They ridicule the truth. They speak evil of the truth. They smooth things over so people can, uh, again, take in what they might be teaching. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 23 here. And uh, verse number two, it says, Therefore, thus saith the Lord God of Israel against the pastors that feed my flock, uh, sorry, feed my people, ye have scattered my flock and driven them away and have not visited them. Behold, I will visit, against, uh, will visit upon you the evil of your doing, saith the Lord. And again, you see in verse number 11, it says, For both the prophet and the priest are profane, yea, in my house. Have I found their wickedness, saith the Lord. In my house I found their wickedness. Wow. In the house of God. Wickedness. Have you ever seen that in spiritual houses, so to speak? It says in verse number 12 there, Wherefore their way shall be unto them as slippery ways of darkness. They shall be driven away and fall therein. For I will bring evil upon them, even the year of the visitation, saith the Lord. And again, it goes on and says a number of different things. Uh, let's skip to Jeremiah chapter 50. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Jesus Christ all help us identify the false teacher, the false prophet. They have, again, things to them that we can certainly identify. Second Peter, very, very, very helpful. Key chapter of the Bible that deals with the false teacher, the false prophet. They make merchandise of you. And uh, they are certainly very spiritually sloppy. Jeremiah chapter 50, verse 6. My people hath been lost sheep. Their shepherds have caused them to go astray. They have turned them on the mountains. They have gone to the mountain of the hill. They have forgotten their resting place. My people are lost sheep. The shepherds have caused them to go astray. That's sad to see. Let's turn back to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Avoiding the false teacher. How can I identify? Well, you can't just look at them. You can't just say, okay, that's one, that's another one, by looking at the outward appearance. But you can see 
again, some identifying marks in them. In verse number 21, it says, Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter in the kingdom, but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. They will live it. They will not live the Bible. Help for identifying. Again, the spiritual blender, the spiritual ridicule, the spiritual sloppy shepherd or teacher is not of God. The Bible says there in verse number 17, even so every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewn down and cast in the fire. In the end, the false teachers cast in the fire. And so, again, hopefully this helps you identify some things with false teachers, false prophets. Let's close with prayer here this morning.